This episode is brought to you in part by Candorel. Coming soon, a luxury master-planned condominium community rising at the corner of Bathurst and St. Clair. Situated directly on the subway and streetcar line, a monument of architecture and interior design, a timeless expression of glamour and grace. Forêt Forest Hill. Register today at live at forêt.ca. That's live at f-o-r-e-t dot c-a. Hey everybody, we're the Menschwarmers, your bi-weekly-ish uh, look at the world of Jews and sports. I'm here with my co-host Gabe. Gabe, how you doing, buddy? Well, I'm pretty good. Excited to bring you all the best of, of the news of the Jews and hustle recaps. Uh, how have uh, the last few weeks of your life been? I'm doing great. Good. Things are good. Everything's good. Everything's good. A little golf here and there. Uh, you know, children illnesses, uh, I, as I know you've been acquainted with as well. I, I want to open tonight's show with uh, a sort of a wild, quick story you know, uh, from, you know, a Jewish geography story that, that Copen, I think it's a nice light, you know, brief intro here. Uh, my family sure. f- who from New York was visiting this past weekend. My father is from New okay. York. His sister and her family came and visited. Um, and, you know, right now the year is the year of our Lord, 2022. Um, well, not, not our Lord's year. Yeah, the sure. year of, of one's Lord, of, of the Lord 2022. And... You know, my father has spent his whole life as a Met fan, has been watching his sister as well. They've watched Met games their whole lives. They went to old Shea Stadium, took the bus. And in sure. June of 2022, literally last weekend, did they find out because of a chat with my uncle, my father's brother-in-law, at the, the very Jewish Gary Cohen, who has been the television commentator for the Mets for the last 30 years, was, yes, the same Gary Cohen that they grew up with in Parkway Village in Queens. They didn't know. That's really funny. They watched Mets That's games really all funny, the time, but to be, and they didn't know. To be fair, to be fair, the number of Gary Cohens who have grown up on Long Island in the last so, 50 years, that's what it's my more dad than said. one. I'll my tell dad you that said much. Is that, that every third kid was named Gary Cohen, so he had always just right. assumed it was a different Gary Cohen. Like, he knew multiple Gary's Cohen. That's very funny, though. Um, maybe they'll reconnect uh, in yeah, some so, way. So, I mean, I'm sure if you're the Mets announcer, you have lots of people reaching out to you from your childhood <laughs> yeah, asking it's, for tickets but, but or, Gary, or favors of some sort. If you're listening, uh, two comments. One, please ask Keith why he doesn't return my emails. And two, I think my dad would like to reconnect. Sure. Um, so on to our biggest piece of news uh, that's been going on in the Jewish sports world the last few days, which is that Sue Bird has announced her retirement. Uh, at the end of this season, you know, we're about halfway through the WNBA season and she's uh, going to retire. This she's bird has year, flown. Year career. Oh, that's good. Um, or has landed. I don't know. Whichever one is. Yeah, flown. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, yeah. 21 year career with the Seattle Storm. Uh, 12 time All-Star. Five time gold medalist. You know, really legendary career. Um, we were joined at the uh, later in the show uh, by Larry Stone, a columnist for the Seattle Times, who's written about Sue Bird extensively uh, for his newspaper, and, and you know most recently a, a, a nice send off. So um, we'll save you know our chat for with Larry, you know, for the Sue Bird talk. But uh, you know, really monumental thing, Gabe. I think this is you know she was she was the runner up in our in our Gaja poll. She's the goat. You know, she's 
I think inarguably the greatest Jewish female athlete of all time um, and really just a role model to Jews, to young women growing up, uh, to, to any basketball in the LGBT fan. community, I think to, as well, yeah. to basketball fan. You know, she's been a real representation forward person. She was involved with, uh, I, I think, with, with the Storm players coming out in support of uh, Raphael Warnock uh, two years ago and helping getting him elected to the Senate. She's been an outspoken person. Uh, you know, her, her partner is Megan Rapino of the U.S. Women's National Team. She's a very public figure. She is going to be in our lives for a long time. And, you know, I guess we wish her well with uh, everything that's going to follow for the rest of her life. Absolutely. Uh, um, you know, the eye of the storm, as we'd like to call her, uh, uh, the time has passed. Um, and, and obviously we're extremely proud of Sue Bird, both her, her accomplishments domestically and internationally, as well as interpersonally. And uh, we wish her the best. Yeah. In uh, sadder news, unfortunately, um, we want to talk about the death of Lenny Rosenbluth, um, who died just this past June 18th at the age of 89. Um, I, I think for us, for our generation, it, it, you know, it was a bit of doing some research and learning about him. But for basketball fans of an older generation, he was, you know, he was the guy. When college basketball was the, was the biggest game in town, uh, you know, he was a huge part of it. Um, he was part of the U- University of North Carolina team that start that won the national championship in 1957, and and you know again I'm not a really part of that world, but from reading the tributes and uh, everything that people from the UNC team were talking about, he was the you know the guy who got that program off the map. So um, you know had a very short career in the in the NBA, but um, you know considered seems like really lovely man, uh, really beloved by the, by Chapel Hill. Um, and everyone in that area. Uh, so, you know, it's unfortunate that he's passed away, but really, you know, an all-time great in the, in the college game. It feels, it feels like, you know, the, there was a real, like, heyday of menches in college basketball. You've got your, like, obviously you've got your, like, Adolph Rupps, who, you know, on the other side, like, that guy really seems like a jerk, regardless of being named Adolph. But, you know, then on the right. other side, you have your, like, John Wooden's, and, and, you know, Rosenbluth's and, and sort of like salt of the earth, like I'm here to raise young men type menches. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's always interesting to look back on the lives and careers of them. Yeah. I thought one interesting, uh, one interesting fact about him was that in 1957, he won uh, the, what, I think it was the Helms Trophy at the time as the, uh, as the college basketball player of the year. And the person he won it over, uh, a young basketball player by the name of Wilt Chamberlain. Wow. Came in second. So, yeah, Kansas's Will Chamberlain. They, I think they, the Tar Heels went on to beat uh, the Jayhawks in the, in the finals that year. Um, so, you know, sort of interesting to see the, the paths cross and, like, you know, two guys at the peak of their game in college and one goes on to have what was certainly at the time the greatest basketball career ever in the NBA. And the other one, you know, didn't really make it as a pro and, you know, <laughs> a quieter life. But certainly compared to Will Chamberlain. Still but, is being uh, mentioned he, on, you know, he played with the greats. on ethnic sports podcasts uh, 60 years yeah. later after his greatest or 70 years after his greatest accomplishments. Yeah. So uh, Lenny Rosenbluth, may his, may his memory be a blessing to all uh, Tar Heel fans. So, um, Gabe wanted to talk about as well. We we went to the uh, RBC Canadian Open together. Uh, we did. That's now about ten days ago. Uh, um, that was a lot of fun. It was a blast. I spent a day following around uh, Jewish golfers uh, David Lipsky and Jonathan Kay. Um, David Lipsky sort of has graduated the PGA Tour from a couple of years on on smaller tours. Um, he's there now, uh, sort of a, a 
uh, big and friendly looking uh, right-handed swinger. Jonathan Kay is sort of older, a thin, wiry fellow uh, who made as, in, as an alternate, sort of a long-term veteran. Um, but but great follows. We'll be following Lipsky's career uh, for the next little while. Would love to have him on the show one day. So uh, stay tuned. Um, but uh, I think yeah, we unfortunately had a blast. He missed, he missed, unfortunately, Lipsky missed the cut by like missing a two-foot putt, which could have been like a, eh, I don't really want to play this weekend kind of thing. Uh, or who knows? Maybe he just got the yips at the moment. Um, unfortunately, Max Homa and, and Daniel Berger, the two higher-ranked uh, Jewish golfers, weren't in attendance. Um, they weren't at the Live Open, though, which is good. Because, That's good. Uh, I feel like I would have very conflicted feelings about a Jewish golfer taking Saudi money it's, uh, it's like, to go play on that ramshankle tour. It's like when Bill Goldberg goes to wrestle in Saudi Arabia. Uh, it's, it's, yeah, that doesn't, uh, that doesn't fill me with pride, no, I would say. I agree. Absolutely yeah. not. Uh, yeah, and, Homa, and, Homa did make the cut of the U.S. Open, but uh, finished tied for 47. Did, did Berger um, play in the U.S. Showing. Open? He did. He, he missed the cut. Okay. He didn't have a good weekend. Yeah. He, or good Thursday. Um, or a good Friday, sorry. He had a good Thursday and then a bad Friday. But, uh, yeah, we'll see how they do going to the to the British Open. And, uh, I mean, more guys are defecting to the Live, to the live Tour. So, uh, <laughs> I mean... I don't think there's any Jews on the live tour yet, but I guess we'll find if there's no. if there are any, we can we can talk about that and consider it. I mean, it seems like some Jewish golf writers have been sort of involved in the tussle over it. Um, we're assuming uh, Alan Shipnuck is Jewish, and he's sort of he's sort of the progenitor of some of this turmoil in the first place because he's writing a biography. I'm sorry, wrote a biography about Phil Mickelson um, when Phil was you know gave that sort of ridiculous quote about. Uh, the Saudis murdering Jamal Khashoggi. Yes. And, uh, he, I know, think he called them bad motherfuckers. <laughs> so, um, you know, I think I think Shipnuck is Jewish. It seems like he was kicked out of the Live Tour press conference, or, or not the press conference, but he was kicked out of the, the I don't, going to watch. I, I don't think him being uh, kicked Greg, out Greg is, Norman directly. is because he is Jewish or not. Let's make that clear. Maybe no, of course not. Of course, of, course, of course not. No, I'm not suggesting that at all. Um, but it is interesting to see this multiple dynamics i guess on this saudi tour and um i don't know everyone should be opposed to it regardless of uh religion or uh nationality i guess i don't know it, it's very con- con- I, I i think it's very uh morally bankrupt as an idea just the sports washing of uh saudi misdeeds by throwing money at professional golfers but absolutely uh, there's there's a couple of i mean uh, uh you know there's We've been asked before if Charles Schwartzel is Jewish on the LIV Tour, the first winner. He is not. Um, South African golfer on the LIV Tour, Ian Snyman. I think we could probably call a borderline uh, Mike Jacobs All-Star. Uh, and he's a bucket hat guy, so I'm all, all sure. in favor of that. But he is also, from what I can tell, not Jewish. Um, but, but, yeah, not a lot of Jews on the Saudi Golf Tour. Probably involved in Gabe, in terms of... Gabe, in terms of local uh, sporting events, we also had the Montreal Grand Prix uh, last weekend. Yeah. Um, what's it? Is it of a? Is it called the Montreal Grand Prix? Or the it's, Canadian? It's the Canadian it Grand Prix that takes place in Montreal. Um, it is. Okay. It is. You know, Jewish F one driver Lance Stroll's home race um, back in Canada. Okay. Um, he actually finished. How did, in, how did he finished in the points? Um, he finished in tenth, uh, which is sort of the best. I think it's his best finish of the season. Um, that's the top half of the the. Uh, the grid, he finished above his teammate, Sebastian Vettel, but he started all the way in 17th. So despite yeah. uh, starting in 17th, he moved his way all the way up to 10th, so he gained seven places. 
Um, so it was actually quite a good race for uh, from young Mr. Strulovich there, um, you know, who goes by Lance Stroll. So it's so it's quite exciting. Uh, in other sort of recent news, speaking of Canadian, uh, the NHL awards were given out tonight. No repeat for Jewish defender Adam Fox, unfortunately. Um, but Mike Jacobs All-Star and very Jewish-sounding holiday man Moritz Sater, uh, not right. Jewish, he's Swiss, Sater, uh, has won the Rookie of the Year award. Um, so there's some local Jewish sports news for you uh, uh, so beyond. There, there is a hockey thing I wanted to talk to you about. So um, two guys that we've been following, Adam Fox of the Rangers and Zach Hyman of the Oilers, um, were both in the semifinals and neither of their teams made it to the finals. Uh, the Avalanche, who beat the Oilers have a player on their team, Andre Burakovsky, yes. who may or may not be Jewish. And it is conflicting and conflicted about whether or not he is. So here's the sort of primary source material we're, that we're we sort have. Of, we're sort of bringing back the old, you know, if you're an OG follower of the past, <laughs> we uh, of this podcast, we had an old uh, uh, little segment called Jew or Not Jew, which we haven't been for a while, right. but we're, we're going back to Jew or Not Jew here. Right. So his dad is named Robert Burkowski. Uh He's a Swedish guy. He has been reported as Jewish. He played in the NHL. Um, so I assume people sort of did some research on that um, or knew about it at the time. Uh, but if you go to the Wikipedia entry about why he's Jewish, I mean, it's, it's sourced. Uh, but it sources to a book, Day by Day in Jewish Sports History, uh, by Bob Wexler. And all there is in there is just a list that says Robert Burkowski Jewish. So... That's fine. That That's, you know, a source in a book. Uh, I guess that's true-ish as far as we know. Um, but what we do have after that is uh, a tweet from when Andre Burakovsky got drafted back in 2015. You can't see the original tweet, but it's a direct tweet from Andre Burakovsky. And he wrote, writes, uh, it's a bit, it's a bit difficult because he, it seems there's some misspellings, but he wrote, no one of new parents are Jewish. So it's not true. I think he wrote meant to write, not one of my parents are Jewish, so it's not true. Right. So this is, you know, from the proverbial horse's mouth. Um, he says that he's not Jewish. Okay. I mean, I think, you know, we've talked about this before that if someone says I'm not Jewish, then generally speaking, we sort of take them at their word, I guess. I, 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 I think, I think so. that's sort of our, our settled opinion on this. I think I think I want to, to sort of like, you know... Uh, uh, Go down on these primary sources a little bit too. If you look at Andre Burakovsky's yeah. his own Wikipedia page, um, it is also sort of sort of uh, looked at like you know uh, looked at. If you go to the the source on where on the thing that says he is a Jewish player, or whatever, it's a single Tampa Bay uh, Jewish exactly. Times article that that lists him as a Jewish player. Um, but if you go a little deeper, so, there's a, there's actually a, a little bit more. Sorry, you, you go on. Well, maybe we have the same point, but that I, I have uh, a note here is in a tweet as well from Jewish Sports Review, who does a sort of uh, periodical about Jews and sports. And they wrote, when they first joined the NHL, we phoned Robert and then Andre Burakovsky. Both said they were Jewish. We didn't call the Zeta Benjamin Burakovsky. Then reports came out that Andre was denying he or his family were Jewish. I want to hear that from him. And we are still working on it. So that feels like, I don't know, a more definitive answer. They actually called someone and found out. Um, 
I don't know. I mean, I think it's a little it's a little weird for someone to to tweet out that they're not Jewish if they were. Do you know what I mean? Yes, like, it's it's totally. He, he's weird. made it pretty clear. Um, and the belief amongst sort of like hockey knowers that he is Jewish, you can find you know history from beat reporters of the Capitals of of beat reporters from other team hockey historians who do believe is Jewish. But there's actually a really interesting. Uh, I guess it's about five years ago now. There's an interesting article from the New Jersey Jewish News um, that sort okay. of actually debates and and quotes that that specific no one of new parents are jewish so it's not true um specifically debates whether or not you would consider a jewish athlete jewish if sort of the history says maybe um but no and and you know the the new jersey jewish news sort of went into this got a quote from the jewish sports review that says we verify and fact check that he is jewish um you know they stand by their decision however they also claim that they're not a religious journal a jewish sports review (laughs) Um, they're Jewish if they, if they can find a Jewish sort of connection. Um, yeah. So, you know, if, if I going by like the, the not strictest of rules, if maybe Robert Borkowski was not Jewish, but Benjamin was, we could say Benjamin was Jewish, uh, you know, but Robert did not grow up Jewish. So he has a Jewish grandparent, um, but it's not particularly, you know, halakhically tight. Yeah. All that to say, he did score the overtime winner in game one. Uh, he scored again in, in game two where they won 7 nothing. So, whatever. Let's let's claim him for the time being. And, uh, oh, you're making you know, the decision. Until proven we'll otherwise. I, I think we can sort of claim him as, as having some Jewish descent without being a Jewish athlete per se. And uh, if, if it's breaking a tie on who you're going to cheer for in the Stanley Cup finals and you don't have a, a rooting interest otherwise, might as well cheer for the Avalanche. Why not? Um, absolutely. I think there's, there's a, a, um, there's like a, uh, an even deeper sort of level here, uh, which is, you know, uh, uh, you can claim he's Jewish until he does something bad. Like he's Jewish when he wins, but like maybe if he gets into some sort of scandal, we can say, oh, he's not actually Jewish. Yeah. I mean, the only other rooting interest is the owners. Um, the owner of the Tampa Bay Lightning, Jeffrey Vinnick is Jewish. Um, I think that's been a sort of he, something we've talked about in the past. Obviously, they've won recently, um, and the owner of the Colorado Avalanche is is someone in the in the Cranky family who uh, are often misreported as being Jewish, yes. but are not. So also once you can again, root based Jewish. on that. If anyone's if anyone's rooting for Jew, Jew, for certain sports team because the owners, I guess I just got to say like shame on you. Um, I don't know. <laughs> we we haven't talked about like. The guys who own the Warriors are Jews. Um, you know, congrats to Joe Lacob, I guess, for for winning another championship. Um, but like, I'm much more interested in uh, Steph Curry's Hebrew language sweatshirts and tattoos than uh, totally you know, whatever Joe Joe n- noted blackjack player Joe Lacob uh, and, and whatever he's doing. I mean, I'm sure he does good as well. Like, you know, I'm sure he's donating to local Jewish causes. Good for him. But uh, it's not a reason why I would root for a team personally. We got a we got a culture corner segment. Oh, a culture um, corner because segment. there was a release a release recently of a, a Jewish sports movie. I'm talking, of course, about the Adam Sandler Netflix joint Hustle. Oh, Hustle, of course. Uh, and and Gabe, I'm going to ask our, our producer Michael to join us because oh, Michael has some hustle takes. That is absolutely shocking. Hey, everybody. Uh, uh, shocking, not not that Michael you know has takes, but that Michael wants to join this podcast. Devout readers of the Canadian Jewish News print will will recognize my name from 
maybe the 2016 to 2019 or 2020 when it collapsed as having a monthly uh, uh, arts column on Jewish TV and movies. So I spent a lot of time looking for Jewish themes in where there are very few. Right. And I felt I could apply that uh, 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 tonight. Um, did you guys see the movie? Uh, I have. I have not. Gabe, you, so Gabe I'm, I'm not. going in blind here. I, you know, I'm, I would like, I would love it if I could keep up as religiously with the releases of the Sandman as I once did. Um, however, I, I am not, I'm not, you know, kids and my jobs have, have sort of made that into a difficulty. Right. He says, as if we don't all have kids around the same age. Yeah, anyway, but, uh, you know, James some Wood- of us have priorities that don't involve Adam Sandler. <laughs> I, I know you don't, but yeah, some of us. <laughs> James, what did you think of it? I thought it was good. I mean, it's a bit formulaic. I thought Sandler was good. He was funny. He does like, I would say like when he does like two thirds of the Sandler stuff, it works really well. When he goes 100% in, um, it's too much. So like, you know, this one had like his sort of nebbishiness and uh, sports and stuff like that. But like at no point, like did he pull out a guitar and sing? Like if he had done that, like that's that's a little too full Sandler. Um, but I thought it was a very good performance. I mean, it's, it's a pretty dramatic role for him. Like he, he's making jokes here and there, but it, it you know, it's probably his, his most dramatic role since uh, since. Uncut, Uncut Gems. Uncut Gems. Um, I thought I thought he was good. I thought most of the NBA players in it were good. Like I think LeBron James produced it. So like between him and Sandler, like it was not hard getting uh, Jose Calderon or uh, you know Kenny Smith to show show up for a while and, and have, yeah, have some fun. I felt I felt like this was kind of this suffered from like what Marvel movies have done to to films, which is that movies of a certain kind now exist uh, in order to make the audience jump up and go, "Oh, look, it's that guy! It's it's I know who that is." Like, but so is I anyone like this saying is the that MCU about Juan of the Hernan NBA. Gomez? Uh, I yeah, think I people think... are saying about Dirk Nowitzki. Yeah, Dirk, Dirk appears only by, via video chat in or like know, Kyle, oh, or like such, Kyle Lowry, such... who's literally there. They sh- they shut they they cut the Kyle Lowry I guess just because he's from uh, Philadelphia and he literally yeah. just goes hey and then like cuts away <laughs> like he's in he's in like literally ten seconds of the film. It was fun though. I thought it was a fun movie. It's it's you know a little formulaic as sports movies tend to be. I mean, there's an underdog and you can imagine how he's how he does. You know, he doesn't yeah. fail. <laughs> uh, he doesn't fall flat on his face towards the end. And um, we should shout out also uh, Jewish sports movie. Hall of Famer Ben Foster is is in it as the sort of evil Sixers owner. Uh, obviously, we recently yeah. profiled him in the does Survivor. He, does he play a Jew? Also, in that movie, is... he played. Uh, he, I don't think I don't think so. Don't His think dad is played so, by Robert Duvall. So right, no. yeah. right. Robert Duvall is like real so, Christian old guard. But but I wanted to ask Michael, what makes this a Jewish story? Stan Sugarman, the character yeah. played by Adam Sandler, is he canonically Jewish? Did you get any hints? I, mean, I think we've had this. I think he obviously is, but I don't know yeah. if it's explicit. I think we've had this debate before, which is that unless explicitly stated otherwise, every character Adam Sandler plays is Jewish, especially Jewish. if his name is Stanley Sugarman. Yeah. yeah, and I think there's a fair amount of Judaica in the house as well. Um, I know the director is Jewish and and talked yeah. about sort of modeling it after his own um, his own household. Um, his wife's played by yeah. Queen Latifah. I think the director said he has a similarly mixed household. Um, yeah. And anyway, so I think it's clear that he is Jewish. So I think I also there's a scene there's a scene where Wancho uh, Hernan Gomez's character um, orders like a forty dollar room service steak and only takes one bite out of it, and then in the next scene you see Adam Sandler eating it in the car, 
uh, like he took the steak from the hotel room and is eating it because he doesn't want to waste the money. He's, he's holding it that's from, the, a, from the bone, yeah. like like a like a chicken uh, leg or something. Right. So so pretty pretty Jewish move there, I would say. So I think so. So you have a guy named Stan Sugarman. He's a very well connected guy. Yep. Right. He's he's very business like. He's kind of transactional. He's very nomadic. He's on the road constantly. Right, traveling all across Europe and Ooh, beyond. It, it, it's right. in some sort of a as, caravan. As a, as, a, as a yeah, as a scout, he's the he's the modern wandering Jew. He's very valuable, but only in his place. And in fact, mm. when Ben Foster, you know, takes control of the Sixers, this isn't really a spoiler. It happens in the first, I think, twenty minutes of the movie. But when Ben Foster takes control of the Sixers, he it's very clear that you know Stanley Sugarman is a valuable guy. He likes him. He wants him on his side, but he wants him to to know his place. To not, you know, shoot too high, uh, and as soon as things start to go a little sour, start to go a little sideways, who does Ben Foster scapegoat? And have you looked at Ben Foster's haircut? Mm. In the movie? It is a bit. Uh, it's 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 it, giving. Uh, what do they call it? The it's uh yeah. It's giving Ryan so Ryan like, Gosling in the Believer. Right, Richard Spencer yes, vibe. That's exactly you, what it is. Quick quick yeah. sidebar: Do you make fun of your friends when they get that haircut? Absolutely. Absolutely. I completely agree. Absolutely. I don't care if they're Jewish. I'm calling them out. So I, I think, you know, as far as stories of, uh, uh, you know, self-made success through struggle, living on the outskirts, trying to push your way in, I think it's a very Jewish narrative arc. And I okay. think you can read it as a Jewish parable. I think that's a good take. I think, uh, you know, it's it's on the uh, it's on the roster of the Jewish Sandler movies. Sorry, the the Sandler sports movies. Um, it's not quite Happy Gilmore. Uh, but it's maybe it's definitely a step above the longest yard. So it's it's somewhere in that that meaty middle, uh, above or below the water boy. Uh, maybe that's a conversation for another time. But uh, yeah. yeah, go check Wait. out Hustle, guys. I mean, it's whoa, definitely whoa, getting whoa, 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 a lot of a lot of play. Just for a second here, do we just to be consistent here? And I want Michael's take on this. Is Bobby Boucher also canonically Jewish? So like, I think no, but that's like his name is Bobby Boucher. He's clearly a you know Bayou Cajun. Yeah, right. But, like, but all you know, the his all boss the indicators of that are is, is Bayou Cajun Henry Winkler. No, Henry Winkler's playing a Jewish character. He's co- <laughs> he, I think he's Coach Klein. Coach, um, Klein. he's absolutely <laughs> Coach Klein. He's and, absolutely a Jewish character, but he's not supposed to be from the Bayou the way Bobby Boucher is. Right, right. Or or Jerry Reed, who plays the old coach. Yeah. What? Okay, so that yeah. might be the one example of the default. Adam Sandler, not Jewish sports character. I, 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 yeah, I'm not an expert on this, but I am three seasons into a uh, my Treme uh, watch, so I, I know I know about Louisiana culture now. Are there I'm, are there I'm any a, Jewish an characters in Treme? Oh, good question. Um, there aren't, but the guy who plays Sonny, yeah, Michael Heisman, the Netherlands, it, is, it, Michael yeah. Heisman is is Jewish. It's definitely but, yeah. Jewish. I I was gonna ask if yeah. if Sonny is then canonically Jewish because of Michael Heisman. Um, I think it hasn't come up yet. Maybe someday. He is sort of like a a struggling uh, musician, um, which is like we we definitely have to cut this off before it gets too deep into into Treme talk. Uh, Literally zero people want to hear that. Anyways, uh, why don't we throw it now to our to our interview with Larry Stone, uh, where we talk Sue Bird with with one Larry Stone. Larry, how are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you? Good. Uh, can you tell our listeners a little bit about who you are, uh, what you do, and uh, what your career has been like? Sure. Uh, 
I'm the sports columnist at the Seattle Times. I've been at the Seattle Times for 26 years, uh, columnist for about 10. Before that, I was mostly a, a longtime baseball writer, uh, beat writer for the uh, San Francisco Giants for many years, and then uh, covered the Seattle Mariners for, for, for quite a while. So uh, now I cover the whole Seattle sports scene. Right. And we wanted to have you on today to talk a little bit about uh, the great Sue Bird, who recently announced mm-hmm. her, that this will be her last season. Uh, the WNBA season's about uh, almost halfway through, I think. Uh, so this is going to be her last season. And she has spent all of her career uh, in Seattle. Um, you know, her sort of legendary career there. You wrote a very nice column sort of sending her off and, and you know, looking forward to seeing uh, what's, what's, what's going to be next for Sue. Yeah, it, it, this is her 21st year in Seattle. Uh, but yeah, I know, dating back to 2002 when she was the number one draft pick. Uh, she's only played 19 of those years because she sat out two years with injuries. But the span, right. and it's, it's Seattle only. And, you know, I did a book on Edgar Martinez, uh, the Mariners Hall of Fame DH, and he's sort of the only comp to Sue Bird. He was uh, 18-year career all, all in Seattle. You know, all the other icons of Seattle all left. Uh, Griffey right. left. Gary Payton left. Russell Wilson just left. So she, her and Edgar are kind of the two who stayed. And she You could stayed call it almost a Howard Schultz level of longevity. <laughs> yeah. Don't bring well, that, that, that name up here. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's what I wanted to ask you about, Larry, because you said that, that Sue Bird should be on the Seattle um, Mount Rushmore, I think is, is how you put it in, in your column. Is there, uh, who else would you put on there necessarily? I mean, I guess Edgar would be one, maybe Russell Wilson, but it's hard to say because maybe uh, yeah. people in Seattle feel like he left on not the best terms mm-hmm. or any, anytime someone leaves, it's not a great feeling. Well, we kind of I discussed that with some colleagues, and I think the four that we came up with was Sue, uh, Ken Griffey Jr. He's just like he was an sure. icon, even though he did left, he did come back also, and now he's in ownership with the Mariners. Uh, Gary Payton and Russell Wilson. I mean, those are the four. Right. You know, Edgar is beloved, but maybe uh, he just a rung, just a tiny rung below those guys as far as uh, he he didn't have uh, that. It factor that those other that those so other players speaking do. of that that's a great great sort of uh, segue. Can you talk a little bit about Sue Bird's it factor and what makes her yeah. specifically you know so notable in Seattle and to you and and your contemporaries? Yeah, she's just a real warm person. Uh, she's got a lot of charisma when she talks. She relates well to the fans. She's very well spoken. Um, I think she's very relatable and. Uh, you know, she she hasn't had any missteps really in 21 years, and uh, right. So, it, you know, in the in the basketball community, particularly the women's basketball community, she's just beloved. And just throw on top of that that she's been a great player for all those years. Uh, you know, she's she's almost had two distinct careers. Uh, she won two titles. She's won four titles with the Seattle Storm. Two with Lauren Jackson, who's been retired now for you know eight nine years, and is actually making a comeback in Australia at age forty one, same age as wow. Sue. And then she's had this second run with uh, uh, Brianna Stewart. Um, uh, so um, he, and the, she, and the, the the championship a couple of years ago, uh, I think it was twenty twenty or was it twenty twenty? Yeah, yeah, the bubble uh, year, the bubble um, year, right? Um, very impressive. I mean, I you know just to go over the bona fides a little bit, you know, twelve time All Star. Uh, she's the career career leader in games played, uh, the career leader in assists, the career leader in steals. Um, you know, just one of those sort of like all around longevity careers, and at the at this just very high level, 
winning four championships, I think uh, five five gold medals at the Olympics. Uh, you know, we, we, we did a poll, Larry, a few months ago about, uh, uh, we did a bracket about who's the greatest Jewish athlete of all time. She came in in the semifinals. I think she, she, she lost to either Greenberg or Koufax. I can't remember which one, but, you know, I, I think there's a reverence for her in the, in the Jewish community yeah. as someone who is, you know, maybe later in her career embraced the, that side of her. Uh, but you know, become a pretty public Jewish uh, Jewish figure in terms of uh, athletics. I'd be very disappointed if Sandy didn't win that. Uh, that uh, Sandy contest. Sandy did win, although <laughs> okay. the uh, the the Greenberg Kofax debate uh, rages on. <laughs> well, I grew up in LA in the sixties. Yeah. Oh, oh, you're yeah, you're, there, a, you're you an go. Angelino. I'm an Angelino. I'm a Sandy guy uh, to my heart. And, and a matter of fact, next month I'm the, I'm actually the president of the Baseball Writers Association of America. So I get to go oh, wow. to the I get to go to the Hall of Fame induction next month in July. And I've just had my fingers crossed. I get to actually stay in the hotel where the Hall of Famers stay. And I'm hoping that Sandy Koufax shows up and and I'll get to you know maybe shake his hand or something. Oh, that'd be great. That's amazing. Yeah. If you if you but uh, Hall of Fame president uh, Josh Rowich is a former guest on the show. Friend, yeah, of yeah, the pod. You, friend of the pod. Friend of the pod. Nice. Feel free yeah. to if you. He, I think he said on the show that if you if you drop the podcast name, uh, he would come out with a special baseball card. I think at the Hall of Fame or something. Like that. Anyways, but oh. uh, you're you're there in a more official capacity. Um, so that's great. Like, we we'd be happy to chat a little bit about baseball as well. Um, I, I guess you're you're a bit of a an expert on designated hitters. Um, <laughs> do, do you have? Uh, High hopes for Rowdy Telez out in out in <laughs> Milwaukee. You know the next great, the next great Jewish hitter. He's, he's really having a great year this yeah. year. Yeah. Well, I, I do have to say that I have interviewed the very first DH, Ron Blomberg, who is Jewish. Of course. And, uh, yeah. Uh, I've interviewed him many times, actually. Um, but uh, I, yeah, that Rowdy Telez is a so is to a you. Great. So to you, covering as you mentioned Blomberg and Koufax in the Hall of Fame and Sue Bird. You know what is your your feeling upon finding out or learning or researching about an athlete being Jewish as a, as a Jewish person and a, a you know, long-term yeah. columnist and writer, what does it matter to you? Well, I mean, it's just a, it's an area of interest and kind of maybe makes me feel a little bit, have a little bit of affinity with that player, follow their career, maybe a little bit closer. Uh, you know, in baseball, it's a, there, there's not many Jews in baseball, Ian Kinsler, um, you know, actually, lately there's been a run. I believe Max Scherzer, uh, uh, Max Fried, Max Scherzer, Max Fried, yeah, not Scherzer, yeah, not Scherzer. Okay, no, something no. something we hear a lot, even from you know pro athletes we talk to who are Jewish, is even Jewish athletes care about finding else out who else is Jewish. Yeah, for sure. You know, Bob Melvin. The manager of now the Padres yep. is Jewish, I, which I didn't know for when I covered him as the manager of the Mariners and didn't know he was Jewish and didn't find found that out later on in his career and uh, it was uh, you know it's a missed opportunity. You guys could have had you know a nosh. <laughs> we could have. Darn it. <laughs> that's that's, that's a, okay. Let's let's go back to to Sue Bird again for a second. As we talked about, mm-hmm. she's mentioned you know she's embracing some of the more. Uh, uh, Jewish parts of her personality. We were talking before the the show for the recording started that she's sort of maintained being a proud New Yorker as well as an adopted, uh, uh, you know, I guess stone statue uh, uh, Mount Rushmore part of Seattle. Um, you know, as as do you think it's important for athletes to be so or to what's the benefit of being so proud of your identity? Well, it's. Uh, I mean, I think it shows other young people that they could be proud of their identity too and uh, you know and 
young Jewish boys and girls can have a, a role model to aspire to. You know, let's face it, it athletics are not uh, something you, you associate very strongly right. up, uh, with uh, Judaism. So if you've got a Sandy Koufax or a, a Sue Bird, then uh, it's something that it shows that, that this could be an arena that we can succeed as well. Do, do you feel that there's been a uh, embrace at all or uh, an increase in the support for the Seattle Storm in the years since the uh, Supersonics were sort of un- unfairly railroaded out of town? Or railroad's <laughs> not the right word. They, they made off like thieves in the night, I guess is probably yeah. the right way to put it. Has, has there been like, uh, you know, I, I has there been more of an embrace of the WNBA team because of the need for basketball in the area? I think, I think of the Pacific Northwest as being such a, you know, basketball hot, hot spot traditionally. It, it Absolutely. I mean, you look at... Uh, the, the prep high school sports scene, uh, I mean, they churn out NBA players at an unbelievable rate. And there's right. going to be there's going to be three players, and the, the draft is as we speak the, the day after tomorrow. And there's going to be three Seattle high schoolers who are going to be picked in the first round. Um, right. So there is a, there was a void that was left when the when the Sonics left. Absolutely, I do think that the Storm was al- already embraced before that. I mean, it, it, they've been very popular. They have a very rabid uh, fan base, and. You know, I, I do think that there's something to that premise that after they left, it became even stronger. Um, and now they've moved into a brand. This is their first year in the brand new arena where uh, that they built for the hockey team, the the Kraken. Right. So uh, that has actually uh, helped their their following this year because everyone to go see them play in this. Quick question before you go: As the president of the BWAA, what you know? People, I think a lot of our listeners, a lot of sports fans have heard sort of rumors about the magical gold card. Uh, hmm. uh, what Can you tell us maybe a little bit, what is the the craziest game you've ever got into or the most, the, the, the biggest use of your card you've ever used? <laughs> well, it, go, the gold card's only for retired members, so I don't have a gold uh, card. I have, a, ah. I have an active card. I have an active card and, uh, you know, a, a working card. And I, I don't have, I mean, I just use it for games that I cover. Nothing crazy. I mean, I've covered tremendous games. I was there when Joe Carter hit his, uh, you know, World Series winning home run for the Blue Jays. I was there when wow. Kirk Gibson hit his home run, uh, you know, famous one, off Dennis Eckersley. Um, you know, I've covered like 20 World Series. So I've used my card very copiously. But, uh, you know, the gold card is, is, is what you get when you when you retire. And you've, if you've put in 10 years, you're a lifetime member and you get that that gold card and oh, know, that's... I'm getting up there in years so <laughs> I might be asking for mine in the next couple of years <laughs> well that's that's well, great this, this might not be the year that that uh, the Mariners break their playoff uh, playoff missing out no. streak I don't know what to call it but uh, maybe maybe Speaking... there's another World Series in the future for them at some point yeah well you know I was looking at I was looking at Sue Bird's career before we got on and just uh, to double check the year she started. She started in 2002, which means she's played her entire career in Seattle and never had uh, had a Seattle Mariners playoff team. And that's and that's it coincide with her career because they uh, the Mariners last playoff year was 2001, so her entire yeah. career has been played with the Mariners not in the playoffs. Wow. What a, you know, we're we're both big Blue Jays fans, so we we lived through a long uh playoff list streak from 93 yeah. to 2015 so 
that was 22 years. Uh, this will that'll be next year for the Mariners. So <laughs> hopefully, hopefully next year they, they make it back. I, you know, I think that the NL West is looking pretty hot these days. Yeah. Um, well, the, relatively speaking, so there's been this back. It, definitely there's been this incredible phenomenon. I'd say the last five years where when the Blue Jays come to town. Uh, they fill up the stadium with Blue Jays fans. I mean, fill it up. Right. It, it's become a real source of contention here because it's uh, it's like a home game for the Blue Jays. They come from Vancouver. You know, yeah. I assume some come from from uh, Toronto itself. But uh, it's an interesting phenomenon because it, not not to get too in the weeds here, but the Jays have become more of a national team over the last little while because of the the way the uh, regional sports network sort of works. So that I think if you're living in Vancouver or Alberta, you know, anywhere in Western Canada now, it's easy to watch Jays games all year long. And it means there's more fans out West where once upon a time, you know, there were always some, but yeah. you were more likely to get a Mariners game or a Rockies game on TV. So uh, yeah, we're, we're going to keep flooding over the border to, yeah. to yeah. fill up, uh, fill up the arena for the Mariners and fill up the stadium for the Mariners and, and cheer for the Jays. Um, Anyways, let, let's end it there. Larry, thanks thanks again for, for okay. joining us. Um, My pleasure. And please check out Larry's column about Superd on the SeattleTimes.com. Well, thanks again to Larry for joining us. Um, and, you know, good luck. Best wishes to Sue Bird as she uh, plays the last set of games in her career and playoffs probably. I think the Storm going to make the playoffs this year in all likelihood. So, um, you know, we wish her well. Maybe she'll have a fifth championship to add to her roster. I, um, it would be amazing to go out on top like that. That would that would be quite the the way to do it, especially as, as you know, Larry mentioned, the team is likely to break up, or as we talked about, it could yeah. be the end of the team. It would be really, really excellent to see her go out on top one last time. Yeah. Um, we should mention that we, we were invited uh, on, t- on Twitter to join a... Uh, a charity golf tournament down in the Catskills. Unfortunately, we can't make it, but uh, we are available if anyone wants us to participate in any events they have in the Jewish community. Celebrity pro-ams, you know, really, we yeah. I, I, we are quite sort of, uh, you know, uh, we're quite enjoyable people to spend time with or host your event. Available for weddings, bar mitzvahs, and any synagogue function you, you may have. Have you ever... That's true. We are we are emceeing a wedding uh, as in year, character uh, as the Menchwarmers. It's in character as the Menchwarmers. Nine months from now. When, when was the last time you were on a synagogue bima? <laughs> I guess when I was bar mitzvahed, or when I got married. No, you're yeah. I say your wedding. Uh, I the wedding wasn't yeah. Once in my teenage years, I I read from the Torah on Yom Kippur. I was like like oh. brought back for that. But I think that's the last time I've spoken with any position of authority at a religious institution. Mm-hmm. Good for you. Well, if anyone's interested in uh, having us over, um, please email our producer, Michael. You can reach him at mframan, that's M-F-R-A-I-M-A-N, at the cjn.ca. Um, as always, you can find our work on, on the Canadian Jewish News website, the cjn.ca, and follow us on Twitter, at Menschwarmers, um, for all the you know most recent updates about Jews and sports. We hope you guys have a wonderful fortnight, and we'll speak to you later in the summer. Thank you.